What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Thursday's episode of All Canadian. Wade Zaketa, Connor O'Neill, we are back. We've got a lot of OUA action to talk about. Short week in the CFL, some big matchups across the board in U Sports football as well. Man, lots of football going on. My lines still suck. Nothing's changed there, but I'm excited for the Canadian football and what's ahead. You know what? I've got some things to get off my chest with this U Sports <laughs> Top 10. So let's just get into it. But first, Soda City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. The September CFP listeners keep using that promo code. CFL during checkout gets you free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. And be heard on the field with the Fox 40 Sonic Blast CMG with 120 decibels of sound power. The Sonic Blast can be heard over even the loudest of crowds like Mosaic Stadium in Saskatchewan, for instance. Shop now at fox40shop.com and use the code CFP at checkout for 15% off. Again, that is CFP15 at checkout at fox40shop.com to get 15% off of your order. U Sports Top 10 came out. I know Wade is antsy to get to that. He's got some things to say, but first, let's run it down. Western coming in at number one. Calgary sliding in in the two spot. Montreal, Laval, 3-4. Waterloo sliding in at five. A top five appearance for those Warriors early on in the season. The Saskatchewan Huskies down at number six. The Griffins sliding in at seven. Laurier, Mack, Concordia, 8-9-10 to round out the bottom three. Nice to see Concordia getting some love and getting onto this list. As they do, I know we said this on Tuesday, but they sit at the top of the Quebec conference standings right now. Yeah. And here's, here's my thing. Okay. I know Laval Montreal powerheads is probably going to end up at the top of their respective conferences, but for the first time you're putting out your power rankings, this is essentially your power rankings as it's the U sports top 10. We have Concordia who has beaten, beaten Laval. Okay. Like they handed Laval a loss. And Laval is six spots ahead of them. I know it's Laval. And it's going to be tough to part with it for the time being. But Laval should be below Concordia. You're you're the only two-loss team on the board. Yeah. I And I you was, haven't beaten anyone, really. No, I, I agree. Like, I, I was surprised to see Laval at number four. I was surprised to see Laval as high as they were. I wasn't necessarily surprised to see Laval on the list. You know who the Laval Rouge or are. And honestly, they deserve to be called the top 10 football team in U sports football. But right now I can't call them number four, not being two losses, not having Concordia on this list at 10 who leads the conference and has beaten Laval. If anything, I think Concordia should maybe be up around that six, seven range. And maybe Laval should be a little bit lower, maybe eight, nine. Like I'd be fine with that. If you had to meet them in the middle, meet them in the middle. Also, Saskatchewan should be higher. Uh, number six is low for the Huskies. They are going to be a dominant program this year. We get them week one against Calgary, so they're probably going to slide down to the bottom of the top ten this week. Um, but I, I think they're going to be a dominant program coming in, and they should be getting a bit more love here. Guelph, I'm sorry. I, I don't see 
what this hype is really building about. I know, I know they have Clark Barnes, who is a fantastic returner. But when you look at this roster from two years ago, that was so dominant. You had Clark Barnes, who's still there. But then you had Theo Landers, who is gone. And you had Tavis Robinson as the main pieces. Tavis Robinson, he's kind of at the other end of the continent at Ole Miss down, down south. Um, so I don't understand what this preseason hype is really about. Um, I know they're always a good, well-coached team, and their defense is probably going to fly around regardless if Tavis Robinson is there or not. But I would much rather have some pause. Like, we know that Saskatchewan and we know that Calgary are going to be up there. So I'm fine with them as oh-no teams in the top 10. But Guelph could easily be the fourth seed in the West of the OUA. I'd just kind of like to see some pause until maybe they play a game. Yeah, I kind of want to see a game out of Guelph as well myself. I mean, I know it's Guelph. I know, like you said, they're always a good, well-coached team. But, yeah, we haven't seen the play yet. I know they were 6-2 in 2019, but much like you said, not the same roster as 2019. Again, maybe let's pump the brakes on Guelph a little bit here. I want to see them play a game. I'm not saying they're not going to be a good team. I just want to see what they're going to be. Maybe let's give a little bit of love to a team like X, who has looked very good out the gate and does have a win under their belt. So maybe, I mean, at least for week one, we could maybe slide X in there somewhere. Like, look at it this way. The West has Western, Waterloo, McMaster, Laurier, who we've all seen. And yes, Mac lost, but we know they're still going to be a top-end team. I mean, they just played Western. Like, everyone else gets beat that badly by Western too. Guelph, I said four seed. I, I, could, I was being generous there. Like, do you think they're going to be honestly better than Waterloo or Western? And we think Max still going to be good. So without seeing them on the field, I just don't get why they're number seven. Um, I think it's just kind of reminiscing on years past for the Griffins. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what this team looks like. I, again, wait and see for me on this one. And I want to keep this one in the OUA, Guelph. Yeah, we talked about Guelph at seven, but let's jump up two spots and talk about Waterloo at five. A top five appearance for them to start the season. What a showing from them against Windsor. They're going to have a prove-it game this week. Coming in against Laurier in the Battle of Waterloo, it's going to be a fun one, but uh, nice to see these Warriors sitting at five, getting a little bit of this, uh, this recognition that I think they deserve. They're going to be yeah. a fast team this year, man. I think they're going to be a staple in the top 10. I don't know where they're going to be, but uh, this win against uh, going into a game against a fellow top 10 opponent could really set the stage. And uh, if they win, maybe they jump into the four or the three spot, depending on what happens in Quebec and Alberta. But um, I, I really like this team's chances to jump up a bit, but they'll be tested because that Laurier defense caused a lot of turnovers last week and they will be flying around the field. Yeah. Their defense and special teams had a day. We talked about it. Shamari Hutchinson was one of our players of the week. Laurier finds themselves at eight on this list. So it, not only is it the battle of Waterloo, which is always intense, but it is a top 10 matchup, which is going to make it even more intense. Concordia sliding in at 10. We talked about them. That was the one that I was really excited to see, but Let's move on. We've been talking about a lot of the OUA teams on this list. So why not just segue it into week two of OUA action? There's a lot of good games. Battle of Waterloo, we were just touching on. Carlton York, Ottawa at Queens, Western at Guelph. Four games this weekend. 
Yeah, I like how they space the games out this year, too. There's a 1 p.m. game, a 3 p.m. game, a 4 p.m. game, and then it rounds out with Western Guelph in the 6 p.m. slot. Should be a great weekend of OUA football. Great Saturday of OUA football. Yeah, I really like the spacing on this. I know it's been the 1 o'clock staple, and then you get the odd outlier, but um, to balance out your viewership across multiple games, you'll draw in more fans. Like, let's get game at one so that people can watch it on OUA TV. And then that game's starting to close down. Okay, let's flip to the next one, flip to the next, and flip to the next. And you'll get people staying on to watch longer instead of having to pick and choose which matchup you really want to see. So let's start with the Battle of Waterloo. Like I mentioned, it's two top 10 teams. Trey Ford. How do you contain this guy, Connor? Where can you try to contain this guy? Well, I don't know how you contain him. I think Trey Ford is going to go out and do what Trey Ford does. And with a player like this, I mean, as much as you want to try to scheme for him and scheme for what he's going to do, at the end of the day, you really just have to prepare for the Waterloo offense as a whole. I think if you can shut down Trey Ford's weapons, you can maybe limit some of the damage from Trey Ford himself. But when you are the Golden Hawks defense, you need to be aware of Trey Ford's ability to run in the red zone. He had two red zone rushing touchdowns. So if you're going to contain him anywhere on the field, for me, it's the red zone because he is so damaging with, yeah, his arms, but the legs in the red zone for me, that added ability to have the so-called 12th man on the field, the second rusher, third rusher, whatever you want to call it. But the defense is going to need to be aware of Trey Ford running the ball in the red zone, in the scoring zone. The one benefit I think Laurier has in this game is they always have such athletic fronts. I mean, they're front seven. Did you see the pick from Tommy Bringy last week? He went leaping through the air for it. Uh, but they're always so stacked with athleticism at that front four, front seven even, that I think they match up well. That If Ford starts to scramble, they have a good shot because let's face it, nobody can fully contain Trey Ford uh, and his speed at this level. So I think they have a good shot at doing so. They just have to pick their proper angles. And I mean, this is the first of two matchups this year. So we have to see them lay it out on the line. And then next time they match up, it'll be a matter of how can they improve from the last time out. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm very excited for this one. Just before we move on, the one thing I want to talk about, we, we were talking about defenses. We mentioned the Laurier defense. They're always fast, always aggressive, but... Fast, aggressive defenses. We're going to see another one on the other sideline. Waterloo looked equally as good against Windsor. Our play of the week was the Andy Mello force fumble for a Michael Reed touchdown, a great play. So that Waterloo defense is looking very good as well. I'm excited to see how they match up against a Golden Hawks offense that really does rely on the ground game and questions around the quarterback at this point too. Will we see Connor Caracelo or not? We will look out for that as the depth charts come out. He could be listed as a game-time decision. But let's go up to the 3 o'clock game. That is Ottawa taking on the Queens Golden Gales at Richardson. The season home opener. They're back in the new stadium. Fans are there in attendance. It'll be a loud environment, I'm sure, for the GGs who are dealing with a tough situation on their own. We cannot forget about that and we do still send our condolences to everyone involved um but the game is still going to go on at this point their teams are still going to match up and it's going to be a matter of ottawa having to play with a lot of emotion and kind of control that and push it towards a good effort 
Yeah, and I, I really do hope to see Ottawa come away with a win in this one. I think that would just be kind of a nice silver lining, I guess. Um, I don't even know if it would be that, but still, Queens is going to be a tough place to play. Like you said, the fans are going to be there. And to put this into perspective of people excited and wanting to get to Queens games, my younger brother is now a current Queens student. Doesn't watch football, not a big sports guy. Never been to a Queens game really without me and my dad kind of dragging him along. He's like, I was talking to him and he's like, are you going to the game this weekend? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to try to. Yeah. And then uh, my brother goes, oh, sweet. I'll see you there. And I was just, I kind of did a double take. I was like, what? But yeah. So people in Kingston are excited to have Gales football back. There's going to be a lot of people there, I'm sure. And it's going to be a good game. Ottawa does a lot of things offensively very well that they showed in week one they can put the ball down that field. queens is familiar with though they don't forget are. that belfay was their offensive coordinator just a couple seasons ago they are but they put the ball in the air a lot uh queens they're gonna have to look out for rodney Estime, who had a big game but on the flip side james keenan the queens gales offense anthony federico and that queens gales defense look like they are rolling to start the season uh I will say one thing and one thing only before we move on. Rashid Tucker, over 100 yards. If there was betting odds, I would be booking this one. Really? Rashid Tucker, 100 yards, calling it. He didn't get it last game. We know he hits 100 yards pretty but, much every time he touches the field. No, and that's what I was going to say. That is Queens. Like that in the past has been Queens' identity is, you know, tough ground games. They're opening things up a little bit more now that they can do so with the athleticism and arm of James Keenan, but they still have one of the feature backs in the OUA and Rashid Tucker. I'm excited to watch him play. I am too. I'm excited to get see this game and how it turns out. Uh, let's move now. The other Ottawa team, Carlton, traveling up to York. York's home opener after their outing against Laurier. Both teams 0-1. Both teams looking to rebound. I think Carlton's going to come out swinging in this one. Deep ball, left, right, and center. Got to get Ferguson going in the backfield as well. So uh, I'm looking to see Carlton kind of be uber aggressive, more than usual, uh, and just kind of let Tanner rip it across the park. Yeah, Carlton looked so damn good against Queens in that opening matchup. The one thing that they couldn't do was score. That's the one thing that I'm looking for them to do in this game against York. I'm sure they'll be able to do so. They're going to come out, like you said, firing on all cylinders, playing aggressive. Tanner DeYoung was up near 300 yards in his first game. His wide receivers were really helping him out. The AUS transfer in Glodmolai looked great. And one, one thing that I really liked, we've been talking about good defenses all day so far, but Carlton's special teams unit is going to be huge in this game. They're going to need to play aggressive again, get downfield, make those plays because York has a dangerous returner and a dangerous unit with a guy like Alex Daly in the backfield. But they match that in Carlton with John Edward, who we saw two years ago play a heck of a game in the playoffs at corner. Now he's back after an issue last in 2019, kept him out into the States. Uh, he's back. He's working his way through the roster again, but even if he's not starting on their defense, he's going to make one heck of a contribution on specials. We saw him blow up Queens returners all day. I expect much of the same from him. Uh, time for the night cap though. Another top 10 matchup Western 
at Guelph, the home opener for the Griffins. Uh, they kind of are starting a new chapter, I guess, the post-Theo Landers era with the Guelph Griffins. And Guelph will be coming off my least favorite thing in football, the week, the week one by Oh, it's oh, yeah. terrible. <laughs> I hated it every single year that we had it. But with the turnover... It's a a three-week camp. It's a three-week camp, and mm -hmm. it's a good situation for them in this circumstance, I should say. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, that's okay. I was trying to cut you off, because in this circumstance, the week one by might not be a bad thing. They're turning over into a new quarterback. We know there's a lot of clunky errors kind of being made. Getting another week of practice can kind of have you guys more refreshed even though it's a three-week camp you can get that extra time to work back in build your guys up instead of just hitting the ground running and going right away um i it might be a benefit but you're playing the western mustangs i think it's in some ways it, it will be a benefit i mean we talked about it on the oua show it was the slow starts across the cfl and the oua kind of mirrored that in week one offensively anyways there was you know it took took some teams some time to get going but Guelph, I think, can benefit from having that extra time off. But like you said, how much is it going to help against the Western Mustangs who came out and absolutely dominated in the Yates Cup rematch against the McMaster Marauders? Guelph is going to be fresh, but they are going to need to play probably some of the best football they've played in years. It's not the same team. Theo Landers is not there, but how different do we expect this Guelph offense to be? We don't really know who's going to be under center yet for them is this Guelph offense still going to be this kind of same ground game athletic quarterback run and shoot style offense I don't know but those western DBs with another AUS transfer Rory Kelly on the back end of the Mustangs defense uh, they are going to be a tough matchup Kojo Odum there as well Uh, I'm expecting Western to kind of bottle this game up early and just kind of ride the running backs to victory once again. One point that you made, you actually texted it to me. And like, I think it was one of my favorite lines from the weekend, but we were talking about Rory Kelly and the impact that he's had on the back end of the Mustangs defense. And you said it to me, but you texted me, Rory Kelly allows them to play so free in their secondary. And I like, I, I started watching that a little bit more and a little bit more. And, and you were so right. Well, yeah, is Danny Valenti like, is, and Kojo Odum, the two of them just fly around to begin with. Like, they're heavy-hitting guys. And when you have someone back there like Rory Kelly, who's a top safety across the country, really, like him, Matt, Matt Lasish and I'd say are around the top two. There might be another guy that I just can't think of right now up there to round out the top. Um, but with that, him back there, you can just let those guys fly. Let them play super aggressive downhill because you know someone's going to be able to cover off if there's a mistake or something sneaks by. Uh, it, it really helps those guys to have confidence of that too, to be like, oh, Rory's back there. It's okay. Like, Even if I shoot and I miss, the small percentage of time that I do miss, I'm covered. So on that note, though, let's move on. CFL, Connors covers... We are recording this on Wednesday before the Hamilton game starts. So Connor will be proven wrong by the time this episode starts. By the time it airs, I'm yeah, I'm going to make the bet anyways. I know we're recording this on the Wednesday. We put it out on the Thursday. So you know what? It's one, one, I guess it's one bet coming out late that you guys can laugh at me for when you hear it. And the results are already out because I'm not even confident in myself on this one. Hamilton. 
10 and a half point favorites. Where are you going? <laughs> um, how, how bad did you shake your head at the rundown when you saw this? Honestly, I didn't even like, I, I agree with you on this one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I ex- totally expected you to not agree with me on this one. Hamilton, Ottawa, um, Hamilton, first off, I'll tell you the bet and then I'll give you my reasonings, I guess. I'm going with Ottawa to cover and Hamilton to win. Hamilton's coming into this with their third string quarterback, David Watford. Yes, he did everything right that they asked him to do, but they still ran the ball 30 times and they really, they needed their defense to come away with that win against Calgary. It was really the Hamilton Tiger Cats defense that did it. And you heard me say it on the Tuesday show, but I don't think their defense as good as it is. I don't think they can keep leaning on the defense to win them games. I think that they're going to win, but I don't think that they can outscore Ottawa by 10 or more points. I guess it would have to be by 11 points. Yeah. Ottawa has been turning it on with Dom Davis at quarterback. They've been playing more aggressive. I mean, Nate Bahar is getting more targets. Ryan Davis is now leading the team in targets and yeah, their defense is playing aggressive now as well. But now you're bringing Kenny Stafford, into the mix to take some targets away. Uh, I saw Eric Rolnick uh, talk about carpet bombing the under in this game, all player props, all score point totals, everything. So with that in mind, team total over under, or sorry, scoring total over under 41 and a half under. Yeah. I got to agree with our guy, AK. I'm going under on this one. We are throwing in team totals though, for the first time this week. Uh, not a lot of player prop action. We do have a couple in there, but I figured this week it'd be fun to do some team totals because we don't get to them too much. Toronto, Montreal, quickly. Toronto, one and a half. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with Toronto to cover on this one. They're bouncing back off a tough loss in Saskatchewan. We've seen it already. They lose on the road, then they come back and they win at home. We've seen it three times now. They lost in Winnipeg on the road, came back, won at home. They lost. In Hamilton on the road, came back and won at home. They lost, or sorry. Now they've lost. Yeah, this on the could road. be the third time. We have we've seen it twice. This could be the third time. I was mistaken, but they seem to do this. It's a trend nonetheless. Uh, Montreal, as good as they've looked, they haven't looked good for a consistent amount of time. They've they've shown flashes, but they haven't been able to put it together. And team total over under 50 and a half. This is a big point total in this one. Um I wouldn't really be surprised to see it reach the point total, but I'm going under because I don't think it will just based on how these two teams are playing. You know, if it was Montreal and BC, sure. Yeah. I'm going over, over 50 on this one, but uh, Toronto puts up yards, but same thing. They don't really put up a whole lot of points. I'm staying under Saskatchewan at BC sold out for orange shirt day. BC's a one point favorite. Where are you going? I am taking the BC Lions. I have said this for a little bit now for the last few weeks. BC is sneaky good. Wade said this as well. BC is sneaky good. They're one of these teams that we're going to need to watch out for maybe as a third seed. I think, you know, we can start maybe talk about them being a sneaky two seed even at this point. I think this matchup is really going to show, or this rematch, I guess, because they they faced off in game one where we saw Nathan Rourke. But BC has since been building. Michael Riley is a quiet MOP camp. Michael Riley is a quiet MOP candidate. That defense is quietly one of the best in the league. 
There's a lot of things to like here from BC, and they're doing it all very under the radar. Uh, Saskatchewan, they look good against Toronto. They fell apart against they fell apart against Winnipeg. I think with what BC does, they're going to be too much to handle for Saskatchewan on both sides of the ball. I'm smiling because. Another week, another team that people are doubting Saskatchewan can handle. Even the CFL pickers had all BC this week. All BC. Because BC's for real. BC is a good team. They beat up on Ottawa twice. And then they went to Montreal. And they beat Montreal. But Montreal had the ball six times. The defense is for real. I will give you that. But, but look at how they're playing. Yes, they're beating up on, on some poorer teams in Ottawa. But look at how they're playing. They're playing well. That offense is incredible. Regardless of who you're playing, I think I think you still hit on some of those big shots you take with Lucky Whitehead. Those are still touchdowns. Yes, but are they touchdowns against good teams? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying the good teams don't give up those big shots. Either way. I guess we'll see. Team total or... I keep saying team total today. Uh, total points over under 42 and a half. High scoring, low scoring. You have Brian Burnham and Lucky Whitehead on one side. You have Keen Schaefer Baker, Kai Moore, William Powell, Cody Fajardo on the other sideline. I think as good as both of these teams' defenses are, I do think this is going to be one of the more high scoring games. I think, uh, you know, a 42 and a half point total is going to be surpassed. That's really, I mean, you hit 22 points per team. You're over that. So I, I'm going over in this one. This is my one point total over of the week. Player prop time. VA passing yards over under 245 and a half. Give me the under on VA and his passing yards. I think he stays under 245 and a half. Teams have been getting pressure on VA and forcing him into some bad situations. Now, now talk to me about this one. Michael Riley, over under 305 and a half. You have here that you're going under, but you just told me that it's going to be a high-scoring game, and you told me that BC is going to win. Math? Yeah, you can still win without throwing for 400 yards. He's not going. He's, he can throw for 310 and beat this. He can throw for 306 and beat this. I you just really think, think, think I, yeah. Under? I think he's going to be no. One. I I think he's going to be over three hundred yards, but I don't think he's going to be over three hundred and five yards. So you think he's like what three hundred two? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think he's going to be a, like shy. He's an arm tackle yards. away from breaking the over. Yeah, this is going to be the one like VA completions that you had a couple weeks ago. Oh, one hundred percent. Or or I'm gonna I'm either gonna hit it by a little bit or I'm gonna miss it by a little bit. But there's no in between. I don't know. Uh, I just think like. Yeah, he can go out and throw 310, 306 yards, but that's a lot. Um, I don't know. I think the over-under at 305 and a half is just too close for my comfort. Uh, so I'm going to stay under just to be, I guess, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a scaredy cat on this one. All right, time to go shopping. Time to go shopping. This is my favorite time of the week. Value Village worked there for years, like I said. One of my favorite stores. Take right. us through the aisles. Um, Those red before, before we go shopping, I'll probably tweet this one out uh, yesterday, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Nate Bahar in the Wednesday night game, 
Three straight weeks of five catches. He is Mr. Reliable for these red blocks. When they get into tight situations, they're looking at Bahar. He keeps staying cheap. It's consistent 10 points. He hasn't found the end zone, but he just keeps raking in yards. It's all one game. He's going to hit, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like a 20-point night. But I'm fine. If I'm getting 10 points out of a guy that's worth $3,000. Now, a guy that got me 20 points last week, KSB, 3249. He's even cheaper than Nate Bahar. But listen to this, 19 targets, two games. And he's making the most of his time getting the spotlight. I expect that to continue against BC. They're going to try and be keying in on him. But Kean, let's see what I did there, uh, is going to be too much. He's got such good body control on the sidelines. He's a threat whenever you roll out to just kind of spot up, toe, toe drag on the sidelines. Also a great route runner. We know he has the speed to get over the top. Thank you for those points, by the way. Thank you for those points, by the way. I, I Thank try. you. Sometimes yeah. I try. I had him and I had Will Standback and absolutely nothing else last week, but I try. I'm still going no defense too. I'm, I'm rocking it. it. I'm rocking it. But if you want a defense, I'd go Toronto this week, 3,200. Montreal has been way too inconsistent. And we know this Toronto team is loaded up for the pass rush. It's going to give VA some fits. My only concern is that you have that deep ball ability from the Alouettes that can strike at any time time but for 3200 and the inconsistency of the owls this defense is looking fantastic i'd like to go there if i was picking a defense i'm surprised that you but, don't have any owls owls wide receivers on this list normally when they're playing you do try to sneak one in somewhere uh they're kind of getting bumped up in value i i know we talk about the owls inconsistencies but the receivers always end up producing good numbers uh they're just trying to get in pushed up now it's like uh what lucky whitehead's one of the most expensive receivers now yeah i was gonna ask you about for a guy that gets about like what five targets a game like that's nate bahar's yeah but he makes the most of them he goes for 100 and a touchdown one of them's always a huge deep shot that he gets a target on but eugene uh, lewis even for montreal as we circle back to to montreal with wide receivers he's at almost nine thousand dollars yeah himself yeah yeah he's over nine he's almost ten you're looking at uh, Jake Weineke as a guy that gets double-digit targets most games. He's at eight. Yeah, and like – Two weeks Lucky ago, you get him for six. Yeah, Lucky Whitehead's a guy that like – if he doesn't hit that deep shot, like I, he doesn't get you a whole lot of pointage. Um, whereas Weineke, like he's going to consistently get underneath targets too. I'd like to see Lucky Whitehead get a lot more uh, short game work because he is just more deep and intermediate right now. Yeah, uh, like through through – the last three weeks for Lucky Whitehead, six receptions, three receptions, six receptions. Yeah. We had 133 yards, 82 yards, and 64 yards. One of them is just always a deep <laughs> ball. One is always a deep listen, ball. Listen to his longs, 75 and 63 in his last two games. But if, if you're taking that into account, like the deep ball is the lowest percentage completion throw you can attempt, right? So if what like two weeks ago he had 80 yards and a 63 yard long so he had a he had 20 yards outside of that deep ball so you're counting on the lowest percentage completion play in pro football in football in general to hit every single week i mean it has hit three weeks in a row i was gonna say i guess when you have that the highest efficiency guy for the lowest efficiency play it kind of outweighs itself but but you've played ottawa ottawa montreal so those plays are more likely to hit against bad defenses. This is what I was saying earlier with you. Like the, the deep ball is there and has been there 
but it's not always going to be, and you're not always going to be playing the Ottawa Red Blacks. No, but the the spread for me, I mean, this is fantasy, fantasy to fantasy to cover. Fantasy the spread for me, fantasy is, is one. Come on, yeah, it is, it is. But the spread's one point for me, and I'm just saying, I think BC is going to be able to cover a point. Uh, that's a pick 'em. But yeah, no, I I mean the the point total for Lucky, or sorry, the the money value total now for Lucky Whitehead is just too expensive for me to put him in my lineup this week. Like You and Christina, like the two of you just pushed this guy so far up. You made him so expensive. I Come on. know. Come on. <laughs> I know. Um, but one big thing, Canadian football-wide, one big thing for this weekend. Connor, you want to go first? Um, do you want like, I don't know. Cause I feel like we both have similar one big things. You go first. If you take mine, I'll find something. I'm not, else. I'm not going to take yours, but, um, just, just everybody just know we're going to spend some time on Wade's one big thing because it is one big thing that we are very excited about. Uh, my one big thing in football this weekend that I'm excited for. There's a lot. I mean, we have some U sports top 10 matchups going on the battle of Waterloo, some great CFL games, uh, but I'm going to go out to the Quebec conference. We haven't talked about them too, too much today. And there's a great matchup going on out there that I'm very excited to see. McGill is taking on the Montreal Caravan. I'm very much looking forward to that one. McGill is one of those teams that, you know, we've said, hey, they could be sneaky. Keep an eye out for them. Maybe they sneak a win on a good team somewhere early in the season. I know this already happened to Montreal with Concordia. I don't know if they're going to be bitten by that bug twice necessarily, but even if McGill goes out and keeps it competitive with, with Montreal, I, I'd be okay with that. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how good this McGill team maybe really is. I'm going to the other side of the country. I know mine. you are. Calgary Dinos back in action. Josiah Joseph, Jalen Philpot, Tyson Philpot. Unfortunately, Robbie Rodriguez is out for the year. But they still have a great O-line. Matt Lasician on the other side. We've got guys to burn out in Calgary. And guess what? They're kicking off their season at home against the Saskatchewan Huskies with Adam Macker, Mason Nias, Sam Baker. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a wild game. I'm so excited to see Can West football get back in action. I hope that we get a close game. I am excited for it. Coach Harris, Coach Flory, head-to-head, two of the greatest coaches in this country's game. Let's get back to Can West football. Welcome back, Can West. I know we've had some exhibitions, but this one's for real. This might be the game that I'm most hyped up for this week. Calgary, Sass, Hardy Cup rematch. Two of the best coaches, like you said. Two of the best, probably two of the best offensive units in the country going right now as well. I'm excited to see JJ, Josiah Joseph, Get his shine as the starting quarterback. He's going to be slinging that rock all over the field. People may not be aware of this dude yet, but please, please, please. On notice. Be on notice. Be on standby. He's legit. He's for real. His legs are ridiculous. He's got an arm on him. How do you stop him if you're the Saskatchewan Huskies, who do have a very good defense? Pass rush. Just get early and often. Try and try and disrupt as much of the timing as you can. Because if you can take the pass rush, you will, I don't want to say disallow, but you will kind of limit the amount of deep shots he can take um, to guys like, well, to the Philpots. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that the pass rush is going to be key for Sask to trying to hit home early. 
Um, another way to beat him, use your run game. I mean, you have one of the best O-lines. You have the best rushing attack with Adam Ackert. Keep him off the field. If you don't want JJ and the Philpots to score points, keep them off the field. Mind you, they will still probably find the end zone a lot um, if you keep them off, but you can limit the time that they get to do that. Just start uh, running two back sets with Sam Baker and Adam Mackert. He's got the body type for it. He can do it. Um, one minor thing, though, BC has their stadium sold out against Saskatchewan. Uh, I'm very excited to see BC Lions football get back underway with new owner Amar Doman. Check out that from last week's A Block. Check out tomorrow's episode as well. Uh, if not, you guys can go back and check out the rest of the episodes. As always, though, for Connor and I, at CF Perspective, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill. And if you're getting back to the field this week, be heard with the Fox 40 Sonic Blast CMG. With 120 decibels of sound power, the Sonic Blast can be heard over even the loudest of crowds. Shop now at fox40shop.com and use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off. Get ready for football action this weekend with Sada City Brewing Company, who offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. So you don't even have to go out to an LCBO and get it. Visit their website at SadaCityBeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This September, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. We're out for the week. Go back and check out our OUA show, our week one OUA show on YouTube. That came out on Tuesday. We will have that one back up and going for Sunday. Those are supposed to come out on Sundays. Week two, we promise we will get you that on Sunday as soon as all the action is done and wrapped up. Wade and I will be around on Thursday and Friday as well. We will be previewing OUA week two action. You can catch that on at OUA sport on their social media channels. So we will be over there. We will definitely repost it on CFP as well. We're doing a lot of fun stuff with OUA football this season. So please keep your eye out for that. Other than that, enjoy the other shows on the network this week. Marsh with the A block, Marsh and Mellow, Marsh and DT. Obviously you have us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So five great shows this week. And we'll catch you next week. Enjoy all the Canadian football actions.